welcome to our podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, I'm actually being joined by somebody we haven't seen in a long time. Not that one. (laughs) Hello. Nope. Serial Killers with Sierra. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Been so long, you couldn't remember the button. Good job. How do you? (laughs) Only third try. That's all good. So, how have you been? How's your summer? Oh, it's been a little crazy. But, you know, job hunting and working weird, many different shifts in the same week. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. It's been a different summer. For one, this heat has been unreal. Ugh. We've never had heat like this before. Ugh. Just weird unusual things yeah happening uh-huh. so summer's cursed well i mean getting <laughs> to think or august is i mean it's been a little rough yeah shoot i feel it so we're actually we're we're blessed with your presence because you are here to discuss a mr donald peewee henry gaskins okay gasket gaskins okay yeah so he was born in Florence County, South Carolina, to Eulina Parrott, the last in a string of illegitimate children on March 13, 1933. He was very small for his age and immediately gained the nickname Peewee. And I'm talking small as in, like, as an adult, he was between 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, and weighed maybe 130 pounds. Okay, that is a tiny person. Do you have a medical condition that caused that? No, or? Not that they could find, but... Okay. I know, like, for instance, if someone has a heart problem mm-hmm. and they don't get enough oxygen, the body doesn't grow. Yeah. As, as in theory, the way it normally should. Yeah. But, okay. All well, right. I mean, there, there was an instance when he was one that something happened, but I'll get into that here in a little bit. But I don't know. He was just a very angry, tiny little serial killer. Okay. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny killer. Tiny killer. Uh, his early life was characterized by a great deal of neglect from his mother and abuse by a male relative. His mother actually took so little interest in him that the very first time he learned his given name of Donald was when it was first read out loud in his very first court appearance. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, backing up a little bit for clarification, you said he was abused by a male relative. When you say abused, do we mean physically, sexually, both? Both. Okay. Um. He was often described as a great manipulator and a con artist who was street smart and with a keen sense of humor and a friendly, entertaining personality. Which he probably had to use to get any form of attention in his house. Oh, absolutely. It was reported that when he was about one years old, he drank a bottle of kerosene, which caused him to have convulsions up until he was about three years old. Oh, so someone was paying attention. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I don't know how kerosene is so readily available for a one-year-old, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like next level, like neglect. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, in his adolescence, he was engaged in a violent crime spree with a group of fellow delinquents, which included burglaries, assaults, and gang rape. At 13, he was convicted for assaulting a young woman by hitting her in the head with an axe when she caught him breaking into her family home. Oh. I mean, luckily he didn't kill her, but yeah, just, just nailed her with an axe in the head. Right. So he's breaking the law, and now he's hurting people in the process. At the age of 13. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> this is some fucked up shit. Ugh. Pee-wee is fucking up shit. <laughs> Pee-wee. Uh, he was sentenced to five years in a reform school, the South Carolina Industrial School for White Boys, where he was regularly raped by fellow inmates. He escaped school, got married, and returned eventually to complete his sentence, and he was released in 1951 at the age of 18. He got married before the age of 18? Yeah. Well, it was back in the day, you know, it's kind of... That's, but that's interesting, because I think, don't you think they needed, like, a court order? I mean, I don't know how. I don't really track the age. Forge documents, too. Okay, that's Pretty easy. All right. He briefly worked at a tobacco plantation until he was arrested in 1953 for attacking a teenage girl with a hammer over an alleged insult. What is with hitting women over the head with things? That just seems... It just seems to be his M.O. Because he's just angry at women. I mean, I wonder, did he ever... Right, exactly. Did he ever fantasize hitting his mother with these items? I mean, I have to imagine. I mean, you know, that kind of abuse and neglect builds up anger over time. Right, that comes out in the form of rage. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, irregardless, yeah. Pee-wee is not the only child in America that's been neglected by mom and didn't take access to women's heads. I'm correct. just, I'm going to state facts right there. Oh, no, okay. correct. Uh, he was sentenced to six years at a South Carolina penitentiary. As he should have been. He earned his fellow inmates respect by killing the most feared man in the prison, Hazel Brazel, in what he claimed was self-defense. And that could be true. However, if he didn't want to be ass raped, yeah. he probably had to take out the big guy. Yep. Well, yeah, and especially considering he's like, you know, yay big. Right. Like he, <laughs> I think he had to prove a point he wasn't going to be bent over anymore. Exactly. He received three more years for involuntary manslaughter. Oh, for wow. That. Okay, just three. All right. Yep. And then he decided then that he was going to become the aggressor instead of the victim. Okay. He escaped from prison in 1955 by hiding in the back of a garbage truck and fled to Florida. Okay. Because, of course, he's Florida. A, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, like, twice. People just, I mean. Oh, yeah. I'm not giving him kudos. No, but. I'm just saying, I don't know. Escapes, I, I'm, not, in, I'm not saying escapes, anything. I don't know. In, I, escapes. Yeah. Right. He took employment with a traveling carnival, but he was eventually rearrested, remained to custody, and paroled in August of 1961. He reverted to committing burglaries and fencing stolen property. Two years after his parole, he was arrested for the rape of a 12-year-old girl, but absconded while awaiting sentencing. Of course he did. All right. Why not? He was eventually rearrested in Georgia and sentenced to eight years, and he was paroled again November of 1968, where he moved to Sumter, South Carolina, and worked for a roofing company. So we're going to get into his non-prison-related murders now. Okay. So his very first non His non-shanks? His, his non-shanks. Okay. Uh, his very first non-prison-related murder victim was a blonde female hitchhiker that he tortured and murdered in September of 1969 before sinking her body in a swamp. In his memoirs, he claimed, All I could think about is how I could do anything I wanted to her. 
That is the mindset of a monster. Oh, ex- yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He claimed to have picked up and killed many victims while driving around the coastal highways of the American South. He classified these as coastal kills, both men and women, who he killed purely for pleasure. <laughs> no, I do have a quick question. Mm-hmm. He was married. What happened to the wife? You know, I never found anything that happened with her. Did okay. I? I mean, I might, somewhere I might be in here. He claimed to have tortured and mutilated his victims while attempting to keep them alive for as long as possible. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Oh, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't doubt it. Claimed many methods, including stabbing, suffocation, mutilation, and even claimed to have cannibalized some of them. Oh, really? Yeah. He I mean, crossed that line. Oh, yeah. I not? mean, there's a lot of lines here, but I mean, cannibalism <laughs> is like, it trips something and you just don't go back. No. No, not at all. He later confessed to killing 80 to 90 such victims, although his claims of his coastal kills have never been corroborated. Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking peewee. That's so many. It's like he has to make up for something. I wonder what. What's small about peewee? <laughs> I'm just tossing out ideas out there, ladies. Oh, man. Overcompensation. <laughs> Overkill. Overcompensation. <laughs> uh, in memoirs, he claimed to have committed coastal kills every six weeks yet contradicts this claim later by stating that he felt the overpowering need to seek out and commit a coastal kill by the 10th date of each calendar month. Okay. So this homeboy's got a schedule. That sounds like <laughs> it, but, I mean, is he, like, barking at the moon, too? Yeah. To make sure? No. This dude's weird. Well, the, it doesn't make sense why he would have that specific schedule. That's my point. Well, and he's probably just, you know, he's probably just, he's liking the attention, I would imagine. So that's why he's like, oh, I killed so many people. Look how right. bad I am. Pay attention to me. Right. Because mommy didn't. Mm-hmm. He specifically named three further individuals whom he classified among his serious murders. One was an African-American couple he named as Eddie and Bertie Brown, who he claimed to have murdered in 72 and buried behind the tenant house, a location Gaskins failed to precisely pinpoint in his autobiography. And a man named Horace Jones, who he claimed to have murdered in 1974. However, there is no evidence to support any of those claims. So, did we honestly expect him to be honest? No, not at all. But, again, wouldn't put it past him. So, he has a total of 14 victims whose bodies have been found and identified, along with uh, Hazel Brazel, the dude from prison. Right, the guy he had to... Yeah, so 15. So, we're going to jump ahead a little bit into 1970. Uh, November, the first of a series of confirmed murders, primarily people whom he knew and killed for personal reasons. Oh, so vengeance is his. Is that what he's thinking? absolutely. Okay. Makes you a tough guy. So so badass. His first confirmed victims were his own niece, Janice Kirby, age 15, and her friend Patricia Ann Alsbrook, age 17, both of whom he beat to death. He claimed that he was enraged at their drug use, while others say he was attempting to sexually assault them while in Sumter. Gee, I wonder if the witnesses are telling the truth. And not him. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works. Oh, it's so... Uh, In 1971, he poisoned Martha Ann Dix, age 20, in March. Either because she claimed Gaskins was the father of her unborn child... Or because she was an alleged drug dealer who supposed uh, supposedly supplied Kirby and Alsbrook with the drugs. Okay, so sudden, all of a sudden he's on a uh, anti drug crusade, not oh, yeah. buying it. Yeah, right. I'm like, you know, you're like one of like the lowest scum of scum, and you're but but drug use is too far for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. 
1973, he was an overt racist who raped and drowned both Doreen Hope Dempsey, age 22, and her two-year-old daughter, Robin Michelle Dempsey, in June of 1973. He Did he just drown the two-year-old, or did he sexually assault the two-year-old? Uh, I believe he sexually assaulted her as well. Both. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting. Yeah, he's gross. He befriended Doran several years prior and was angry upon hearing that she had become pregnant a second time with an African-American man. She had been living with Gaskin's friend, Johnny Sellers, and his brother Carl in North Charleston, South Carolina. They brought her to Gaskin's home in Prospect and left her there to speak to him about staying there while she was pregnant. He reportedly responded by walking her into the backyard, uh, to his backyard pond and drowned both the mother and her toddler. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this man. June of 1974, he shot his friend and criminal associate, Johnny Sellers, the guy I talked about before, age 36, in the back of the head, and stabbed to death his ex-girlfriend, Jessie Ruth Judy, age 22, after Sellers asked for money he was owed from the sale of a stolen boat. He feared Sellers would reveal that he was involved in an auto theft ring, and Jessie was murdered because she could have told the police about Gaskin's criminal activities. So he has to get rid of the accomplices. That's what we're really hearing. Oh, absolutely. So this uh, anti-drug crusader <laughs> has to get rid of his cr- criminal homies Yep. to keep the heat off of him. Oh, okay. absolutely. Takes them off right. one by one. Why not? Correct. You know, I don't understand why all of these people associate. I I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it. If... Sierra starts killing people. <laughs> I'm going to disassociate. Oh, you well, won't be my friend well, anymore. Well, I'll Rita? probably visit you to get the deets. <laughs> so you can do a podcast. Correct okay. priorities. Let's be honest. As long as I get to be on a podcast episode about myself, I'm down with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was me live. <laughs> Look at me, murder, murder, murder. Um, 1975, uh, he killed a Silas Barnwell Yates, age 45, in February, via a slit throat in a murder-for-hire scheme. Forensics alleged that it was by a knife, but Gaskin disputed the claim. Yates was in a dispute with his ex-girlfriend, Suzanne Kipper Owens. She and her husband, John Owens, paid Gaskins $1,500 to murder Yates. That seems kind of cheap for murder. <laughs> Just saying. You know... The, the the truth is, if they have no value uh, in themselves, yeah. they don't value you. They value you less, actually. That's fair. Still, I'm just saying. Of, life like, is cheap to them. I'm just saying I would charge more. Right. But, but your me. life is cheap to them. Yeah, fair. That's true. Diane Bellamy Neely, age 25, was separated from her husband, Walter Neely, one of Gaskin's closest friends and chemi- uh, criminal co-conspirer. On April 10th, Gaskin stabbed her to death and shot her boyfriend, Avery Leroy Howard, age 34, dead. He murdered her because she had threatened to report to police that Gaskins was allowing underage teenagers to have sex in his home. Avery Howard was murdered because he asked for money to pay attorneys and to cover legal expenses following his arrest for fraud and auto theft. Do we think that's associated with some sort of criminal activity, Pee-wee? Oh, absolutely. Winky Pee-wee was involved in? (laughs) I would not doubt it for a second. Kim Gellikins, age 13, was stabbed to death to keep her from telling police that Gaskins had moved her from her North Charleston home without permission and to keep her from telling people she was being sexually abused by several men, including Gaskins himself. Dennis Bellamy, age 27, and John Henry Knight, age 15, were half-brothers and Diane Bellamy's siblings. He shot the two in the back of the head on October 10th. 
Gaskins had promised to pay Dennis for some stolen guns. When confronted by Bellamy, he responded by offering to return the guns from the woods behind his home. He took Bellamy into the woods to retrieve the guns, but murdered him instead. John Knight was directed to the same area, allegedly to meet his brother, but was also murdered to ensure he could never speak of the crimes. Because Pee Wee can be trusted, guys. Oh, absolutely. Right. Right, you know, why not? I mean, his his trail of dead bodies speaks for themselves. Oh, absolutely. Of, of the amount of trustworthiness this individual is capable of. You know, dead bodies and assaults and... Rape and yeah. acts... Axe assaults. Yeah, how can you not trust a guy like axe that? Axe throwing capabilities. <laughs> Final arrest. He was arrested on November 14, 1975, when Walter Neely confessed to police that he had knowledge of Gaskins killing Dennis Bellamy and John Knight. Neely confessed to police that Gaskins had confided in him to having killed several people who had been listed as missing persons during the previous five years and had indicated to him where they were buried. On December 4th, 1975, Neely led police to land near Gaskin's home in Prospect, where police discovered the bodies of eight of his victims. Oh, so he buried them in his own backyard? Yeah, like a dumbass. Okay, well. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it is a double-edged sword, I will say that. Yeah. Because then you can keep an eye on the bodies. True. But if anybody gets wind that you've got bodies back there, then they can find the bodies. Yeah. And you're screwed at that right. point. Imprisonment and execution. He was tried on one charge of murder on May 24th, 1976. So wait, wait did they discover the bodies, you said? Yes? yes. They discovered eight of them. But they only charged him for one? For now. Okay. He does get more later. He was found guilty on May 28th and sentenced to death, later changed to life in prison, when the South Carolina General Assembly's 1974 ruling on capital punishment which, uh, was changed to conform with the U.S. Supreme Court guidelines on the death penalty. On September 12th, 1982... He murdered Rudolf Tyner, age 23, who was on death row for a double murder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So he murdered again while he was in prison. Oh, so he murdered an inmate. Okay. Yep. I was like, did they let him go? <laughs> and he was like, well, I got to get my last kill in. My last hurrah. Oh, my no, God. This is dude in prison. Uh, Tyner was appealing his own death sentence after being convicted for robbing a Myrtle's Inlet convenience store and killing the sto uh, store owners, Bill and Myrtle Moon. Moon's son, Tony hired Gaskins for $2,000 to kill Tyner because, in Tony's view, the appeals process was taking too long. Okay, well, I, no judgment on that part right there for, on the son's behalf. Yeah, no, I, I don't blame him one iota. Uh, somehow, Gaskins obtained plastic explosives, so C4, a blasting cap, a long wire, and a radio speaker. Okay. He created an imitation intercom speaker that Tyner put to his ear to test. Gaskins detonated the makeshift bomb by plugging the oh wire. Oh, God. By plugging the wire into a prison cell power outlet. He was quoted as saying, The last thing he heard was me laughing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and with that murder, he officially became known as the meanest man in America. You think? Good job, Pee Wee. Well, <laughs> to begin with, uh, it. it I am stumbling <laughs> with words. I find it unfathomable that he managed to get C4 smuggled into a prison. Oh, yeah. And. And a blasting cap. And just blew him up. Like, you're blew not going to get away with. I mean, this is this man's mentality, guys. <laughs> what did the prison guards think was going to happen? Because my initial thought when you said C4 mm -hmm. was he's going he's gonna to blow the wall out. And escape. And escape. Yeah, nope. He just used it to murder somebody. 
Well, okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, like, even just, like, a tiny bit of C4 would probably bust somebody's head like a watermelon. Right. Be sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> While he was on death row, he claimed to have committed between 100 and 110 murders. Oh, all of a sudden. Yeah. Including that of Margaret Pegg Catillo, a 13-year-old daughter of the then South Carolina State Senator James. These murders have been widely disputed, and there has never been evidence to support his claim. Well, now he's just go shooting for, you know, bragging rights. Oh, yeah. Because he's got nothing left. Correct. He was executed on September 6th, 1991. This at- is the state of South Carolina? Yes. Congratulations. At- it's a boy. It's a boy. At 1.10 a.m. via electric chair, hours after he tried to kill himself by slitting his wrists. Okay. Good job, Pee You can kill everybody but yourself? Yep. Good job. Okay. <laughs> His very last words were, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. Okay, yeah, whatever. Pee-wee's gone now. He's gone. Winky, winky, gone now. Yep. All right. Well, that was a crazy <laughs> wild ride right there. Not a bad one for my first time back after a while. Right, right. Back in the saddle again, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Right where I belong. Right. Speaking about psychopathic murder killers, my favorite. Correct. (laughs) All right. So this is it. This is what we have for you tonight. On to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. We have a Facebook page where the dark corners are. If you would like to, you know, just come browse, see some creepy things, share some creepy things, send us a request to join. Or you can also send us some information and request over to the Gmail account. Correct. If you have a topic or a serial killer that you would like Sierra to cover, send us requests at where the dark corners are at gmail.com and corners is plural. So there's that. All right. Final thoughts, Sierra. Tiny man met a tiny end. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, okay. All right. So until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we, Hope to meet you where the dark corners are.